the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we are talking with Natalie Clay about dating and heartbreak. Guys, I am so excited to share today's episode with you. I had a call with my coach, Natalie Clay, and she is an expert on relationships. Her specialty is coaching couples. And we talked all about relationships and dating and how to deal with heartbreak, particularly for teens. So I am so excited to share it with you guys. But first off, just wanted to read this review from Ray Ray Grace. They wrote, this podcast has helped, has tons of wonderful advice that really can help you live a better life. Thank you. That is exactly what we are trying to do with this podcast. We are trying to help you guys get through and really enjoy your life and become that person you want to be. So thank you so much, Ray Ray Grace. And today's episode is brought to you guys by my five-day anxiety challenge. It is daily exercises that come into your inbox for free, giving you little challenges that can help you have a better perspective on your anxiety and give you tools to help manage it. If you're interested in joining the challenge, go to www.palmstreet.co forward slash anxiety. Again, that's palmstreet.co forward slash anxiety and I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Now let's get started with the episode. Hi Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so good to meet you, Mikkel. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on. So you're actually my very first guest. Awesome. Which I am so excited about because so honored. You're amazing. <laughs> I fangirl over you and Jody. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, so for those of you who don't know, Natalie is one of my coaches, her and her sister, Jody. and Natalie is an expert on relationships. And so I invited her to come onto the podcast today to talk with us about um, her thoughts on relationships, specifically with you guys in mind for teenagers. So <laughs> Natalie, do you want to tell us about your worst or most embarrassing date? <laughs> it's so funny. As you asked that, I'm like, I've been on so many dates that I just... I think I've tried to forget that Block I was like, <laughs> yes, that it, they've been blocked out. But a couple came to mind when you mentioned that question. I was thinking there was one time in high school because I think I'm a little claustrophobic. So anytime I feel controlled in any way, I mm-hmm. kind of freak out. So there was one time where I was in a car with a guy and he just started going really fast. There was a super steep hill in the town we lived. It was long and really, really, really steep. <laughs> He's like speeding up as fast as the car could go to go over it. And I was like, you better stop. I was getting so mad. And he wouldn't. And he just went so fast. And we got air in the car over <laughs> and like landed. And so I used all these expletives and was like, take me home now. I was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> we did. So that was like the shortest and one of my least favorite dates. Oh, you're like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That actually reminds me one time I had a date where it was like a blind date. Like I didn't know him. And as we were driving home from the date, I was like, oh yeah, you turn here into my neighborhood. And he's like, oh no, you don't. It's further. And I was like, no, my neighborhood's right here. I'm and he just like kept driving. I was like, oh my gosh, is this guy like creepy or scary or something? Yes. And then like, he was like, oh, you're right. That was your neighborhood. I'm like, thank you. Like, <laughs> I know where I live. Oh my goodness. Yes. So don't, don't freak girls out in the car, boys. 
seriously. Drive safe. <laughs> yes, seriously. That's great. That's a good story. <laughs> All right. So in your opinion, what is a relationship? Yeah. So I guess it could be a lot of different things. I mean, we have all different types of relationships. So are you asking specifically in terms of dating, like um, romantic relationships? Yes. Romantic relationships. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I think to me, a romantic relationship would be, I guess, when you have decided that you have feelings for someone and they've confirmed that they have feelings for you. And I don't know, I guess that's kind of up to the individual, um, but it's whatever you decide it to, that you want it to be for you. I don't think there's anything defined about what that is. Um, cause maybe it's not even something you discuss with someone else. Maybe I know I had a roommate who she moved to New York because she was in love with the lead singer of the strokes and to her, <laughs> they were for sure in a relationship. And yeah, of course he didn't know about it, but so I guess it just depends on the person, but if it's something that you're wanting to, um, discuss with the other person to make them aware of, then I guess that's when you've both decided that you guys have those feelings for each other that are reserved for something a little more special than friendship. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting point you bring up because I think about like, yeah, in high school, you would have like dynamics where you maybe would have like a girl or boy that has a crush on someone else in school, you know, like mm -hmm. and that person has no idea that they even like exist. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's so true that like, yeah, on your end, you're mentally like, oh, what are they thinking about me? Like, did they notice mm -hmm. that I walked by? And then that person mentally might not even know you're hoping that there's a relationship there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, and so I actually did a little podcast where I talked about kind of like helping um, that when teens are looking for a relationship, mm -hmm. they really drop into why are they wanting one? Mm, I love that question. Behind it. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we want one and like teens just know they want a relationship, but we don't think about why. Mm -hmm. um, do you think once they've identified that reason, are there good or bad reasons to choose to be in a relationship? Well, I don't know if I would call them good or bad, but I would definitely say useful or not useful. Yeah. So I think um, a lot of times we end up in relationships without really thinking about it. It's just we feel like we really like someone and they like us and that's it, which is fine. But I think from there, it's I think it's good to kind of consider like how in what ways is this serving me? And I think the tricky thing about relationships is we don't always make very many decisions rationally that we're not right. thinking through things. It's just we're going by the emotion of it all and it feels really good. And that's for a reason. We have all these different neurochemicals that are being released in our brain that, that it lights up the pleasure center in the same way as injecting yourself with cocaine. So it really can be a powerful process and that overrides a lot of your emotion. So I think that's why sometimes we pick people that we logically know maybe aren't great for us and sometimes we'll stay in situations that aren't really serving us. And so I think it's good to be aware that that's going on in your brain that, because otherwise I think we tend to look at it like this, maybe this is my soulmate or this is true love, but really the way they make you feel right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But really the reality is you're able to have this connection with a bunch of different people. It's just the different things that are going on with your neurochemistry in your brain. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. And I think especially when you really start dating for the first time, right? You like yes. your first kiss or like cuddling with a boy for the first time or, you know, like, like totally. that relationship physically is like really like a lot of like 
dopamine, right? Is Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of different neurochemicals that get released, but yeah, dopamine is one of them. And yeah, that, that process is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's so good to have that perspective. Cause I think that that's something that is so exciting in a new relationship, but then also being able to keep that in check, knowing like, just because you felt, I remember a friend who had this guy that liked her and she knew he was a great guy and she loved being around him, but she was just like, I just don't get butterflies around him. Right. <laughs> right. Which is probably kind of what you were talking about of like, not feeling that like drug sense of a high around someone. That's right. And I think a lot of that comes down to attraction where I had a therapist tell me once, and I really liked this, that when you feel that intense, intense attraction towards someone, that's not always a good sign. Like you kind of want to find someone that you're attracted to, but it's, it doesn't feel overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly intense because our subconscious picks up on so many things. And that's actually why we end up being attracted to someone in the first place is because we're often attracted to people that their um, strengths compared to our weaknesses. Mm. So for example, like when I was dating, I was really attracted to my husband because he's this really intellectual guy and I had struggled in school and I always felt like I was dumb. So then I meet him and my subconscious knows like this guy's really intelligent. And if he likes me, then I allow myself to believe that maybe I am smart. So that's fine and good. But when you, when it's really intense, that attraction, it's kind of a red flag that there's going to be a lot of drama in the future and maybe not the best match for you. Right. Oh, I totally like that. Especially, yeah, I think a lot when we're younger too, I feel like especially women have a tendency to find the most sense of like attraction sometimes in these relationships that really aren't healthy. Like they like this dynamic of a guy that kind of pushes them away, but then like, um, and just really doesn't treat them good. That's so true. And that's what that's all about. So when it's really intense like that, and when you're feeling that desperation, that need for that person's affection, that's a good sign to check in with yourself and know that it's not necessarily because you have this love that the universe has bestowed upon you. That's amazing. It's, it actually just comes down to your neurochemistry and you can do something about it and maybe it's not the best fit. Right. I also think like the, the recognizing that we are the creators of love. I like, I love how you talk about, um, in your podcast that, um, you know, of all the feelings you can choose to feel, love feels the very best. Yes. And that it's something we create in our lives and it's not just something that happens to you. Like you find this one person mm-hmm. and like, you know, you have to make it work with him or else you're going to be like sad and miserable for the rest of your life. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yes. <laughs> So what do you feel like, um, what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned like through dating and finding your husband Mm, um, dating different boys too? Yeah, I think it's, I think dating a lot of different people is really good because it kind of helps you. First of all, you learn about a bunch of different, um, members of the opposite sex, but you also learn a lot about yourself and you learn what things are important to you, what characteristics are enjoyable to you and what things you don't like. So I think it's good just to give yourself that opportunity to have that diversified experience with a lot of Mm -hmm. different people. Um, Some of the things I learned was I'm really opinionated and I, (laughs) I wouldn't be happy living with someone that had a lot of strong opinions about me, about how I lived my life and things Uh like that. Like, I don't want to be told what to do. (laughs) I'm still a (laughs) child that way. And so people that were really 
uh, dominant that way. I was like, nope, that's not really going to work for me. So I yeah. think it's because there are always things we can work on and, and change about ourselves. But to set yourself up for the best possible relationship, the key, in my opinion, and this kind of goes to another question, I'll, maybe I'll wait on that one. So I think the, the key is to just allow yourself the opportunity to experience a bunch of different people. Okay. I like that. I actually, um, I've heard dating compared to going into an ice cream shop, uh-huh. like look at all the different flavors and like, you could just be like, Oh, I want cookie dough. Like that looks great. I love cookie dough, but like, why not try all the different flavors just yes. to like, it's just part of the experience, right? You still may go with that go-to flavor. Like I still married my high school sweetheart, but like just giving yourself that opportunity to have different experiences. And honestly, I feel like dating is such a great place to really get to know yourself. Like you said, Mm -hmm, understanding I'm super opinionated and like, and that's okay. And I actually have talked to them about my, our listeners about how important it is to understand yourself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not try to just shape and form yourself to what you think someone else wants. Because you have to change yourself to fit Mm -hmm. someone else right and then they still Mm -hmm. might not Mm -hmm. like you right or might choose to leave and then you've lost yourself in the process and them you know yep that's right yeah okay I really like that (laughs) um okay so I had a team that reached out to me and uh just kind of mentioned how she was struggling with her first heartbreak yes and I was curious what um what are your thoughts on heartbreak and how to deal and process that Yeah. So I think heartbreak, especially when we're thinking about teens, I think it's easy to think, oh, they're a teenager. It's just heartbreak. They'll be fine. And we really tend to minimize it. But I think heartbreak is one of the most painful things I've experienced in my life at any age. It doesn't matter how old you are. Heartbreak is really painful. So to acknowledge that you are in some pain and that's, it's legitimate. It's not silly. It's, it's real. But also I think what we tend to try to do is really resist that feeling. And we think, this feels so terrible. And so I need to get back to the place where I feel good. Something's gone wrong. So I think really it's painful, but the best thing you can do is just allow it to feel terrible, but have lots of compassion for yourself. Be extra kind to yourself during that time. Just know I'm not going to expect as much of myself. I'm going to just maybe have a bath or, you know, treat myself in some way because I know I'm going through pain. So think about if you had a close friend that was going through pain, someone you really cared about, what would you want to say to them? What would you want to do for them? And that's what I would recommend you do for yourself, but don't try to necessarily rush through the process. And at the same time, if the heartbreak, sometimes we feel heartbroken and then we tend to keep opening up the wound by driving by the house of this person to see if they're dating someone or whatever. And that I think is, sometimes we're going to do it and just forgive yourself if you do, don't judge yourself. But those things are prolonging the process. So it might feel good in the moment, but it is delaying the time where you are going to be able to get over them. So one thing too that I really learned through heartbreak is I really, truly believe that our minds are always constantly emotionally healing, just like we are always physically healing. And so even by doing nothing, but just allowing it to feel terrible, giving yourself some distance from that person, your mind is working on it. This is the way. Mm -hmm. So don't give into thoughts like, I'm never going to get over this person, or this is going to feel terrible forever. Just keep reminding yourself, it's possible that this feels so horrible now and it's not going to forever. 
And so you don't even have to think about the future and you don't have to skip to the part where you feel really good. Just be where you are, but just know it will be temporary and your mind will take care of it for you. So you can just kind of relax into the process. I love that. It's almost just like, there, there's not necessarily a formula. It's just like, just let yourself experience it and That's be okay right. with it. Yeah. That's right. And when I think back on my past heartbreaks, I had a really terrible heartbreak that took me a long time to get over. And some of the fears I had around that were, I'm always going to love this person, or I'm, I'm never going to be able to get over them or feel this way about someone else. So I think it's helpful to know that you may always love that person in some way, but it won't be this coming from this place of scarcity and need. And that's the part that feels so terrible right now is it's not just that you love them. Loving someone doesn't feel bad. It's feeling like you love them and they don't love you in return and what you make that mean. So just know that you might have thoughts about them in the future. And when you feel those thoughts, you can feel like, oh yeah, I, I, I wish them well. And just kind of let it, th that thought float by, just send them good wishes into the universe and then go about your day. But it's at no point in your life does it have the power to just stay with you and make you miserable for the rest of your life. Oh, I oh. love that. That's so good. <laughs> um, I think especially, like, I like how you pointed out that like, like love is not coming from that needy, desperate place where you're like trying to like win the person back or get them to That's stay right. with you. In the end, real love is like, I want what's best for that person and for me. Yes. And that might mean going separate ways. That's right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even though that kind of like might hurt in the moment. For like, sure I will. And that's okay. Well, just let it hurt. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who has, um, I know sometimes I think I, heartbreak in a way, I think is kind of like grieving a little bit mm -hmm. where it will just come up randomly. Yes, for, for sure. Like um, what would you recommend to someone who maybe is a, a year, two years away from a breakup and is like, I should be over this by now. Why is this coming up? Still. Yeah, I think that's such a good question because I agree that happens. And I think when it comes up like that, what do you do with that emotion when it comes up? So what we tend to do is we think, oh, maybe I'm still in love with them. Maybe I should contact them. All of these crazy thoughts. Uh -huh. But I think the best thing to do is there's all this research that shows that if you just name the emotion that you're feeling, it takes away a lot of the intensity of it. So when that emotion comes up and you're like, oh, I really miss them and it feels kind of terrible. I want you to just, just name it, I think is the best thing to do. Just even name it like, oh, I, I'm just missing them. This is grief or this is, this is longing. Mm -hmm. Like try to get in touch with what you're actually feeling. Like I feel sadness. I feel fear. I feel a lot of scarcity usually is what that's about. And just name it and just let it be there. You're like, it's okay. I can feel this for a minute. It's not a problem. And the more you kind of lean into it rather than try to think you need to actually do anything at all about it then that's when it kind of just washes back out. I love it. Yeah, guys, and this applies for any emotions. So say you haven't been experiencing heartbreak, but any emotion that, you know, like is bothering you, just being able to name it, I've definitely found for me, like gives this sense of relief, like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. Because a lot of times it's just this vague negative sense yes, and we don't recognize sure. what it is. So I love that. Um, and I'm actually curious, because we're talking about neediness. And I think this happens like post-relationship and a breakup, but even in relationships and pre-relationships where you have this person you're wanting to be with and trying to figure out how to how to like get them to like you and yes. kind of a little bit like obsessive especially as a teenager I feel like I and definitely a lot of friends I'd see would do that what what are your thoughts on that like on being needy versus like how to be confident and pursue someone yes the 
best, or I guess the simplest way to go about that, in my opinion, is we tend to spend a lot of time wondering what do they think about us? Do they mm -hmm. like us? Am I good enough? Where if you just shift that to, I have no control over what they think about me, but what do I think about them? And it seems obvious enough because you think, well, I know I like them. They're amazing. Them. <laughs> They're so hot or whatever it is. But when all the interactions you have with them, don't just use that to determine how you're showing up in their eyes, but really just stay, practice staying out of their business, which is really hard. Just think whatever they think about me is none of my business. What do I think about them? This shows me how they show up around me when I text them or when I go and say hello to them. What do I think about that? Because that's the only thing you actually have control over. Yeah. And just to recognize that a lot of times your subconscious is seeking out these opportunities to prove to yourself that you're good or you're not good. And just remember, none of anyone's opinion about you doesn't have anything to do with your goodness, your lovability, not even your attractiveness, anything to do with that. That tells you only something about that person. Right. Totally. I actually remember there's this girl in high school who was constantly bouncing from boy to boy to boy. Mm -hmm. And like, it was interesting because I do feel it was like this need subconsciously of like being reassured that she was beautiful and worthwhile. And then, you know, like after a week or two, my friend is just like, okay, this boy's not making me feel beautiful or worthwhile anymore. So needing that reassurance again from someone else, like that until you believe it yourself, like a boy or girl isn't going to be able to change that opinion about yourself. That's right. And I think that goes back to the relationship we have with ourselves because I think logically we can know, yeah, I don't want to be doing that, but how do I not when that seems like such a good option to solve for my pain or my loneliness? Where I think you like these, and whatever age um, you might be at is the perfect age to really, because really at all ages is the perfect age to really reinforce what is that relationship you have with yourself? Because and, and this takes, it's a process. It's not something that you're going to develop from such an early age, but over time, when you can really pay attention to the way you talk to yourself in your mind, like what are the thoughts you have about you? Are they serving you? Like really practice being there for you, even when you go through hard times or somebody you like doesn't like you back to just really be there for you. And just like a, you would be for a friend, practice talking to yourself that same way and developing a better relationship with you. Because the stronger your relationship is with you, the less you will actually need another relationship. Mm -hmm. More it'll be there just kind of as a benefit. And there's a really good book. Can I share this book? Yeah. Um, I loved when I was, I discovered this book when I was uh, like a freshman in college and it was, I loved it at the time, but I thought it was really useful for that age group is um, Finding your own, your own North Star by Martha Beck. Oh, and I read that. It's just such a great book to really help you get in touch with who you are and identify different things about you and why you are the way you are. Some really helpful ideas in that book. So I found that at a time where I had been through different heartbreaks and was kind of struggling with some loneliness and I didn't have a great relationship with myself and that book really helped me a ton. I would highly recommend that. Awesome. I'm going to start reading that now. Summer read. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun so one. The, the North Star by Martha it, it, Finding Your o your Own North Star by Martha Beck. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Okay. Let's see. So um, in actually kind of in finding yourself, um, I think a lot of teens, another place that they like to turn to in addition to relationships is also 
social media and technology, right? That looking for that external validation. Mm -hmm. And I was curious what your thoughts are on how um, social media and technology has impacted dating and relationships. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously it makes it a lot easier in a lot of ways to connect with people. And then we also tend to hear a ton about the downsides of social media. So the research research shows that the more you look at social media, the, the lower your self image is. It's just, there's no really comparison. So I think it's helpful to know that um, to be conscious about what you're using social media for, that it is not the place to go to to try to figure anything out about yourself. Like mm-hmm. these are curated images. These are people are portraying a particular um, image of themselves. Really, to me, I think the best way to kind of resolve that for yourself is limit the amount of time you spend on social media, but also just be really deliberate about what you're using it for. Because if you're using it for reasons you like, you're actually going to be much more likely to view other people through a more positive lens. Whereas if you are get, get caught up in the whole image um, thing and trying to portray yourself in a particular way, and it feels false and a little bit scary that people could find out the truth, that's going to be your whole experience with social media as a whole. To be like, I just want to remember this time. And this was just a real moment that I really enjoyed. And that's what I'm going to put on there. Or just have a really private, private account or don't look at social media at all if you find, but I think it's just kind of being in tune with yourself and and recognizing what your real true experience is because it's easy to zone out in that. And of course you can find lots of relationships through that, but remember you don't really know that person that you're connecting with on social media if you're meeting them through Instagram or or Tinder or whatever it is, what app you're using, then please, please be so safe. <laughs> like yes. I have my daughters, I have 22 year old daughters that, that have used that in the past. And I'm always worried. I'm like, I send them messages like you didn't get murdered. Did you last night? Like <laughs> really, truly just don't know the people that we're connecting with at all. So please take proper precautions that way. Yes. I, I really like that. And actually what you were saying um, earlier kind of reminded me of um when my husband and I were dating, I well, I still work through like a lot of insecurities with our relationship. I think as it brings up my own insecurities, I put it out on him and where I For think sure. deficient. But um, I remember different things where I would have this sense of like, oh, this is a really cute picture of us. I want to post it. And then kind of being like, wait, why, why do I want to post this? It's because you know, like I'm worried about different things in our relationship. And so I think if our relationship looks great to everyone else and everyone else says how cute we are or how fun that looked or whatever it is that then I can feel good about my, our relationship that's right. everyone that's right. else approves of it. Yes. And I think one thing to remember about that is you're not putting it out there for the world. Like you're putting it out there for you and to expect that some people aren't going to like it. They're going to have negative things to say about it. And that truly tells you nothing about you or your picture or your life. That tells you only something about them. And you know that because not everybody has that same experience with it. So give permission for people to be wrong about you. I like this idea that it's nobody else's job to like you. That really is your job. And the more you can do things for reasons you like and act in integrity with yourself, then the less, the easier it is, I should say, to not care when you get haters and things. It's not easy, but it will be easier. Yes. I think that also goes back to that. Yeah. It's figuring out you guys, like, who do you want to be in a relationship? Like, what what kind of person do you want to be? And 
yeah, showing up in your relationship like that that person that you would like to be eventually, like your dream self, and trying mm-hmm. to act like that versus what you think is going to please people around you. Absolutely. Great point. <laughs> All right. Um, so do you have any last pieces of advice that you would offer to teens on dating and relationships? Like one big piece of advice, if you could go back and like tell yourself or um, a teen that's struggling with this. Yeah. So I think the message that I always, I don't know if, if it was actually conveyed, but I always internalized at that time is every decision you make is so critical. Don't screw up. Yeah, I don't know how useful that message was. No. <laughs> so I would say, and parents might not like that, but it's not also critical. You're at an age where you are making decisions, but it's never the end, right? If this is eternity, we're always in the middle. So it's not so critical. You're not making decisions that are going to determine your whole life. Like that, I just don't think that's a useful thought. Yeah. So for sure, be safe. But I think I would also adapt that to this idea that there are going to be so many options for people to date your whole entire life. And even though you can't see it right now, just make sure that you are dating and you're, you're finding somebody from emotions that really do serve you. Because if, when it's coming from scarcity, you're going to show up needy. You're not going to enjoy it as much. Whereas if you can really just practicing believing that this is one of a million different connections I can have in my life if I want to, then you get to decide in a little more conscious way, do I really like this relationship? Is this fun? Is it getting me the results I want in my life? Is it helping me achieve all the other things I'm trying to work towards achieving in my life? But bottom line, have fun. Don't be too serious about it if you can. I don't know how you can possibly not make it serious. It feels very much so. (laughs) But if you can just practice thinking, there's always more relationships out there. And if this one doesn't work out, it means the next one truly is going to be better. And it's happening for me, that there is a better relationship down the road, no matter what happens now. I love that. That is beautiful. (laughs) I, I absolutely love that. I definitely feel like having that perspective of there are lots of relationships available to me and not needing this one relationship, but that you are so worth loving and there will be someone that is totally willing to love you. So totally love that. Thank you, Natalie. Thanks, Mikkel. (laughs) It was so fun getting to talk with you. Oh, and I wanted to tell everyone about your podcast real quick. Sure. So um, Natalie does a podcast called Couples Coaching. Mm -hmm. And so it is more geared towards married couples, Mm -hmm. but it has lots of great insights and advice on relationships. If you love learning about this stuff and just want to get way ahead of the game here, it's called Couples Coaching with Natalie Clay. Thanks. Yes, that's right. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on, Mikkel. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope that y'all enjoyed this call and all the wisdom that Natalie has to offer. So don't forget to swing by my website, palmstreet.co forward slash anxiety to get the free five day challenge. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thanks so much. Bye.